Hello? Are we on the air? Welcome to the Beyond the Mind podcast, where we ask not what's in your head, but what your head is in. Prepare to be inspired. Inspired to change your environment, change your mindset, and ultimately change your life. Willpower doesn't work, people. If you truly want to move away from stress and anxiety, you have to start with your environment. With your environment. So let's go. Let's apply some positive change into your world. Happiness is loading. Is loading. Welcome to the Beyond the Mind podcast. Hello, podcast world. Ian Highfield here bringing you another episode of the Beyond the Mind podcast. Now, I don't know if you can hear when someone is smiling, but if you can, you can probably hear the smile on my face right now because the guests that I have on today's show, yes, they are known for helping people redefine their impossible, but to me, I know them differently. I know them from what feels almost like a previous life. I know these guys personally because I played rugby with Jacko from the age of 11 years old to 17. I went to high school with Tim and played rugby with him from the age of 15 to 17. And then I actually played against him in college. Jacko went on to play professional rugby and I believe he got a cap for the Barbarians, which is an absolutely incredible achievement. Uh, for the US listeners, that's very, very similar to going to the NFL Pro Bowl. So that gives you an idea of the level of rugby that Jacko played. I actually didn't know that these two boys knew each other until I saw them teaching each other handstands on Instagram. And I was like, this is strange. So on further investigation, I noticed they'd started a business called the School of Calisthenics, where they help people move better, get stronger, and have fun with bodyweight training. Their content is now consumed all over the globe via YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, in-person clinics, workshops, boot camps, and so much more. I subscribe to their school. They 100% helped me redefine my impossible, and I know they have helped others redefine their impossible. But what I want to know on this podcast is what impossibles did they have to push through on their journey from zero gymnastic experience to becoming key influencers in this space in just seven years? Check out the podcast. There's some absolute knowledge bombs for you to pull out of this, apply to your environment, change your mindset, and ultimately change your life. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Jacko, Tim, how are you boys? We're doing great. All the better to be speaking to you, mate. This is like a, a reunited three amigos. I'm super excited for this. A, a, a crazy story, man. And look, I, I gave you a huge um, build-up in the, in the intro. I'm super excited to have you on. But to be honest, you know, redefining your impossible, Jacko's rugby career, Jacko's injury, Tim, you coaching Great Britain Athletics, the School of Calisthenics, 
the, the 86,000 YouTube watchers, the 183,000 Instagram watchers, global recognition, global clinics. Guys, I, I don't know where to start. So I feel like I'm just going to hand it over to you and, and off you guys go and I'll listen. <laughs> Sounds surreal, Jacko, doesn't it? When you yeah, say it does. That. Uh, so just for the listeners that this voice is Jacko and then uh, Tim said uh, hello before. Ian, did, so you, you, know did you tell them it? that we've all got history? Yes. Okay, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. So they know that um, I played rugby with Jacko from the age of uh, 11 to 17. They know I played with you at high school, Tim. Uh, they know we played against each other at college. I don't know if you recall that, that match or not. It might have been once or twice we, we yeah. potentially played against each other. I think you guys won. I think so. Um, no, 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 no fault of mine. I would imagine. I was just <laughs> it's really yeah, yeah. The, everyone listening to this podcast right now, they, they, they know our history. They know a little bit about your journey. Um, I'm obviously excited to speak to you boys because I, I knew you when I was a, a child into a teenager going into college, then our paths all go separate ways and 20 odd years on, we're doing similar things. Um, but I think maybe, I don't know how long you guys have been doing this. I think maybe six or seven years ago, I, I, I see two people that I didn't know that knew each other doing a handstand together on Instagram. And I'm like, wow, this <laughs> is strange. This is strange. Let's check this out. And then obviously I, I joined the school of calisthenics while I'm living in the USA, uh, had a big impact on, on me, my environment, my physical fitness, my mindset. So I'm very grateful for that. But I know that you guys help others redefine uh, their impossible. But on this, this journey of life, so the last 20 years, you know, what impossibles have, have you been through in, you know, realistically exceptional careers and now this exceptional uh, business that, that you guys have launched with, when you did it, very little experience. Uh, it, for me, it's just an amazing journey. I just want you to share it with our, our listeners and give them some takeaways that, that they can action into, into their life to, you know, just to be more positive and take strides towards their goals and dreams. Yeah. Give a little bit um, of context, Jacko. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, um, yeah, so I knew, I was thinking we even played rugby together before we were 11. I don't know. Was, I remember it being very young, but um, yeah, so you're actually the, one of the, um, you're a bit of glue that holds this triad together, Ian. Like I, I finished, I had a head injury, a seizure um, on the on the training field seven years ago, back in 2013. Um, and I didn't know Tim at this at this time. Um, I then had to retire from my rugby career and take up a new a new career. And uh, I wanted to get. Always loved the gym. I wanted to get into the S and C world, so strength and conditioning. And um, yeah, a friend of mine that goes to the same church as us introduced me to Tim because he was like, "You wanting to get into S and C after rugby? Well, um, Tim, Tim's your man." So um, I sort of went, met up with Tim and and did my qualifications and sort of um, did a effectively like an internship with Tim, um, and uh, we just started messing about with calisthenics. Like we weren't, we were Tim was had been training Paralympic athletes for what five six years at that point already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I joined, we, we started doing that. We, you know, I joined Tim's business that he'd started doing that. Um, and we just started playing about with a bit of, a bit of training that was just a bit of fun. Like I'd finished playing rugby and didn't have any, um, I'd, I'd always been so motivated for training. 
And then when rugby game was, when, when there was no game the weekend because rugby was taken away, I found that I actually really struggled to motivate myself to, to train hard. Um, it took me quite a long time. It took me sort of uh, six months before I got training back in the gym. It took me a year to run without getting headaches and other symptoms associated with, wow. with brain injuries. And, um, and so I, I got back to training and was just like bored straight away. And then here's Tim's like, oh, let's start doing some handstands. And you can take over from there, Tim. Like, and then literally just caught the bug, like just messing about in the gym. I was like, this is, this is way more fun than what I was doing before. Um, and you, you've got your own story, Tim. Give them some context as to that. Probably is fair. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've, I've been a strength and conditioning coach since about 2008, um, sort of working university sports, started picking up some work with some Paralympic athletes. But my, the kind of you want to talk about um, redefining impossibles, the reason I first started to learn to handstand at the beginning was because I've had, well, I don't know how many dislocations of my shoulder playing rugby, two uh, reconstructive surgeries. And that would be in over the course of, well, first time I dislocated would have been in about 2000, 2001, had a surgery, dislocated again, a uh, lot like sort of 2000, oh, crikey, it would have been like 2010, maybe something like that. Um, and I, I just, I'd done all the physio stuff in the book and I'd, I'd gone through this process of trying to rehabilitate the shoulder. Nothing was working to the point where I was doing my UKSCA um, strengthening conditioning, lifting uh, a sort of a workshop to, to, we have to do Olympic lifting as a part of our competency assessment. And I dislocated my shoulder with a 20 kilo unloaded bar doing a snatch balance uh, on a course in front of a, a load of strength and conditioning coaches, which is not amazing. Um, and it was, I just got to a point where I was trying to go in a direction, which was going to move into coaching after finishing playing rugby. And, um, and I, I didn't have a stable shoulder. So I decided that if I can learn to handstand, there's sort of like a, a desperate measures, really, if I can go upside down and balance my whole body uh, on an unstable shoulder, that'll give me some confidence that I've got, uh, I've done a little bit of decent work. So it was really a thought experiment because I didn't, I'd done all the like green TheraBand exercises you can do and none of it had, had worked. So I just started playing around with it. I was interested in, in developing something which I could use with other athletes as well as to just bring some variety into a training program. And I just got hooked because it also came from a point of being a strength and conditioning coach, training in the gym is a big part of what you do for your own personal development as well. You've got to love the gym if you're going to be an SNC coach. Um, and I just got kind of a bit bored of like doing squats or bench press or whatever and going and going, well, should I do five reps with X amount of weight or should I do 10 reps with this amount of weight? And it was all the same sort of stuff. Whereas calisthenics all of a sudden just introduced this new opportunity to play, to do something, to learn to move in new ways. It was fun. And there was always stuff to kind of, uh, a new progression or something to move on to and, and Jack and I looked at a lot of the stuff in calisthenics and we, we saw like a human flag for the first time and both of us kind of tried to work out whether it was photoshopped or not realized that it probably wasn't went onto YouTube watched a couple of videos which were not very helpful at all because the coaching process wasn't really effective it was just like this is how you do it and we're like well I still don't know how to do it so we just started breaking it down and, and because we've got an experience or a background in Paralympic sport our thought and mindset around training was very different you've got we, we do some consultancy work for british power swimming and um, we've done a lot of work in athletics as well and, and if you've got a guy who's a double leg amputee or we've got somebody who's an arm amputee someone who's visually impaired um somebody who's got cerebral palsy the training system and environment needs to be quite dynamic and innovative so we were used to kind of starting to break down movement patterns and understanding what is it that you actually need to have or need to be able to do in order to run 200 meters throw a shot put swim 400 meter freestyle and we just applied that same process to a human flag and said, well, what is it you actually have to be able to do? 
and we just dissected the movements. And there was a, there's a number of occasions where we first started off trying to do a human flag. The one that sticks in my mind when, when I tried to do a planche for the first time. And there was the amount of times that Jacko and I looked at each other and went, mate, that is impossible. How the hell do you even get into that? And this is two guys, ex-rugby players, both with shoulder injuries. Jacko's uh, separated AC, broken coracoid process. And is that right, Jacko? Yeah, coracoid and cranium. cranium. And many and many more. The list of injuries yes. go on for Jacko, right? A bit like Johnny Wilkinson. <laughs> should you should see his fingers. <laughs> so it's amazing that I can do a handstand with these. Yeah, incredible. Um, and we just started playing around with some stuff, but, and then we got to a point where, like, you put some skin in the game and you go through the process, and there's, there was all of a sudden like one one or two days I can remember it, and you just kind of go, you, you try the movement, and you're like, do you know what? I might actually be able to do that. And, and something changes from a mindset perspective and you press on and you achieve something that you didn't think you could do. And just to put that into context, when I used to dislocate my shoulder, it would be with my hands overhead, um, sort of externally rotated potentially. So it, it, people can envisage that just hands directly up overhead in kind of a Y position. That'd be my, my shape, which was unstable. That's exactly the shape that we need to be in for a human flag. So we, um, I remember we, we got into the bar and I was like trying it for the first time. I said to Jack, I, mean, I don't even know if my shoulder's going to stay in, in this position. And we kind of played around with it and we, we tested it. And Jack, I didn't know the, how bad my shoulders were. Yeah, I didn't know. I was, I was straight, off the, the, straight off the rugby field, effectively, and was like, in the rugby mentality, I was like, I, d- I didn't know his injury history at all. I was just like, come on, mate, just go with it. You'll be fine. Like, You'll be fine. It, well, because we could always tape it up if, <laughs> if it pops out. That's what you do in rugby. It's like, yeah, yeah. It was like crack on or get out of the way so I can have a go. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, it, but yeah, but it stayed in and, and my shoulders now have never been better. So I, I can do a human flag cold, no warm up any day of the week um, as a result of training uh, in this, this, way, this way with calisthenics. So we, we redefined our impossible right early doors before there was a school of calisthenics. So then motto and the strap line of what we're all about and then what we wanted to help other people to achieve came from a personal experience and journey. It wasn't something we sat down and go, right, what's a really marketable strap line? It was something which we'd lived, uh, we experienced, and then we wanted to share that with other people. Yeah, I think something that we're quite um, glad, I think I say glad of, I don't know if proud is the right word, but the whole thing's just been completely organic. Like we didn't try, we just started doing calisthenics. We were just interested in doing a different form of training. And then we were rubbish at the start, like Tim was talking about, and, and everything felt impossible. And then after a while, because we actually got good at it and then people knew we were coaches, um, people at our, just at our local gym asked us if we'd put a workshop on for them. And then that's literally how it started. Um, it, it, was nothing, it was nothing other than that. And then I think because when something starts quite organically like that and you're sort of you're scratching, we were effectively scratching our own itch or solving a problem for, for ourselves – um, you, automatically other people then gravitate towards that that have the same itch that they want to scratch or they've got the same problem that they want to try and sort out. And so, yeah. yeah and the other thing which is, sorry, go on. Yeah, there you go. I was just going to say, the other thing which is really attractive around that is we were just having a good time. So we were literally two bros yeah. in the gym playing around and just having a laugh. So Jack would be like, mate, can you do a, can you do like a, a hand balance on that, uh, on that beer keg that's in the corner? And, like, <laughs> and it was literally just messing about. And, and this girl once came up to us and we still hold this as our most um, a highly esteemed uh, compliment where someone, she came up and she goes, what are you boys doing? Because it looks like you're pissing about. And we kind of smiled like two naughty schoolboys and went, yeah, that's exactly what we are doing. And we were just having fun. And it was different to like, oh, you're set on the bench press now or should we do 21 bicep curls? We were just having a good time. And, um, and it just it completely changed how we perceived training and what training is about to the point where 
I don't think either of us have really done an upper body weights based session for the last what six years, Jacko? Now, yeah, something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so, and if you definitely. if you look at the pictures of your guys' physical conditioning, people probably won't believe that if they if they see the images of you. So, just I have I have a really sort of uh, pivotal question, but before I ask that. Can you just explain really briefly, one of you or both of you, just for the listeners, what calisthenics is and, and what the, the human flag is, uh, just so they can get a bit of more of a feel for, for what it is that you guys were firstly doing for fun um, and for your own physical fitness, but now that you've turned into this and ultimately global brand, that's, that's what it is now. So just explain a little bit about what calisthenics is. Jacko, it's your specialist subject, yeah. human flag. So okay, um, so calisthenics comes from two Greek words, kalos and stenos, which mean beauty and strength. Um, so essentially, it means you know beauty. It means beautiful strength in the in the essence of the definition. Um, but to dial in a little bit deeper, it's uh, it's it's body weight training, uh, and then trying to encapsulate that that essence of beauty and strength. So trying to to do um, anti-gravity sort of uh, feats of, of, of beautiful strength so the the human flag is one where um, you're trying to turn yourself into a human flag meaning that uh, you'd be on a, a a vertical pole or um, some sort of upright or the uh, like the stall bars or like a like a ladder type thing um, where you're then with your arms overhead your bottom arm is pushing your top arm uh, is pulling and you sort of manage to create enough torque through that push and pull to to sort of levitate your legs out and your whole body out horizontal um, to the floor. Um, and that's, that's one of the sort of iconic moves that, that gets a lot of us motivated to do something like that. Um, but it really starts with the basics of your, your, your body weight movements of, you know, what people would commonly know, like push-ups, dips, pull-ups, um, squats, those types of things. But what calisthenics has done is take those um, basic movements and then just really explored the the physical potential that our bodies have when you layer layer strength and layer movement quality on top of those sort of foundational um body weight movements because ultimately like if if calisthenics was just push-ups pull-ups and and squats um i'd just have, have stayed bored of that but there's there's so much to explore there's almost there's almost no no rules that's about being it allows you to be creative because we're trying not to stay between the lines we're not just staying in a, a simple movement we're trying to we're trying to see and explore what the body can do um and as you say me and tim we started as we started as beginners and, and we've managed to um create a, a framework and a structure to training calisthenics that takes you from that beginner stage all the way up to doing things like your handstands your human flags your muscle ups um and that's something that we've been passionate about sharing with other people that want to get started and they're also at that at that beginner stage, you know, we have no gymnastics experience or anything like that. We were two ex rugby players that we had a number of injuries um, from rugby. And so we really know what it's like, as Tim was saying before, that how it, we know what it's like for something to feel impossible and to, to start at ground zero. So from, from this having fun, uh, working together, getting to know each other, um, how, how long ago was that roughly in years? So that was 2013. So yeah. seven, seven years ago, you guys meet and you start doing the handstands on the beer kegs in the gym. <laughs> and 
and now seven years on, you, you have this global brand. And, and look, I'm not just saying this because you guys are here or because we're friends. The, 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 the content that you put out, it exudes uh, fun. It exudes uh, pushing your limits. It exudes, like you said, going outside of the boundaries. It, it, it really is uh, infectious. Now, was that just a straight linear progress to success? Or can you tell us a bit about the, the, the journey to, to today, I guess? I've got a big smile on my face because if you only knew, <laughs> <laughs> if you only knew some of the stuff that we tried, um, we're very fortunate now to have um, upskilled ourselves and also to be working with some other um, very talented people that, that help and take a little bit and share the load um, in terms of some of the, the quality of the video production, for example, and, and Jacko's done an incredible job of upgrading the quality of our social content by using certain apps and that sort of stuff, which we, you can ask him about directly. He's the guy um, for that side of stuff. But we started off and we had some terrible ideas to start off with. We were like, we're going to do 15 second sound bites or real quick coaching tips on Twitter. And then we've got to, we've got to, because at that point, Twitter don't let you do no, so it was on, Yeah, it was Instagram only do 15 second videos. Those, are, those that remember oh, yeah, Instagram yeah. back then. So we're like, we can do that. Quick calisthenics, we'll call it. <laughs> and then we, uh, Turn we, over. We, Have you pressed play? Are you, you recorded? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, and it's over. Done you, done you <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Turns out you can't give much good content in 15 seconds. Um, so that didn't last very long. I don't and even know. What did we do? What did we then? What did nothing. we do? You can't do anything in 15 seconds. Like, but what, put, your hands so on, is, put your hands on the floor upped, and that was the end of it. And then Instagram upped it to a minute. They must have upped it to a minute yeah, quite a bit. quickly yeah. after that, maybe. I don't know. And then the other one was if you look back at some of our beginner videos, which embarrassingly are still on YouTube, which I sometimes think we should clear off. But it, like you say, it's actually it's, it shows where we've been, and you don't necessarily always want to just. I, I love uh, that, by the way. Yeah, never clear them off, man. Gary V yeah. says the same. Like, just yeah. leave them there, man. It's awesome. That'll be two, and that'll be that'll be 2016. Just to give you the, that's when we started yeah. actually the school And you can see we only have one mic, and we had we had an old, a video camera that I've got, which is like a proper like old school one, and you, you could plug one cable into the mic. We didn't have wireless mics, so you can see the cable running across the floor in the video. <laughs> and we thought at that time it was quite cool in calisthenics to wear a vest and wristbands. <laughs> so it's like I remember those ones. <laughs> yeah, I do. I still think it's cool. But I think one of the things that we did though was. You know, bear in mind we when we started this, it was like you, you, you mentioned Gary V. It was it was the side hustle he would call it. We were we we'd had a contract with uh, British Swimming. We had a number of uh, individual Paralympic athletes that were working towards um, Rio 2016, and so we we were really doing this in our spare time, effectively. Uh, but we just committed to a certain amount of like we did a blog every single uh, week. We, we, ever since ever since the ever beginning since, yeah right and we just we just didn't miss that that was something we were always going to do that went up on the website um we did which i think we did we were doing like youtube videos like once every two weeks or something we we were just consistent with doing something and just trying to share um what we'd been learning really in yeah. in the training and just yeah. The first thing was we actually, because people asked us to teach, so we put some courses on and people came to them and we were like, we did a couple of those and people came and they got some good results and they were really engaged in it. And we just sort of thought, Do you know what, this has got a little bit of, uh, of an opportunity and, and both Jack and I are entrepreneurs at heart and I've been self-employed since the start of my strength and conditioning um, 
journey and always wants to run my own business. So you're looking for opportunities all the time. So we, there's another, there's a third party um, in the team, in the, in the director team of a guy called Ben Thompson, who's kind of sits as a bit of a, a sort of business development lead, I guess. And um, it's sort of, he's very good on that side of things. And we just decided to put together a free beginner's guide. It was a PDF ebook, which we, which we created. We put video links in it and we just put it on the website and it's just to help people to get started. We didn't have anything to sell at the start. We were just, we had that up and we had some workshops and we went like some of the places now we, we're not really, we're not at all kind of like pompous or, or um, turning our nose up at places, but we've been to, we've been to the range of gyms. Let's put it that way. We've been to some incredible well, yeah, gyms it, to run it, workshops. It started. We've been, to, we've been to our fair share of, yeah. of industrial estates in like <laughs> tiny dark units. Um, <laughs> And we've done, we've done it, but I love that because we've, like I said to Jack, we did a, we did a workshop for the UK SCA, UK Training and Conditioning Association last year. And we took three rigs with us and there's 150 SNC coaches there. It was a really prestigious thing. And, and for me growing up in that industry or being part of that through my career, it was a real big milestone to get the opportunity to present at a high profile conference like that. But we carried the rigs in and out of the car, the big, heavy, horrible piece of kit to shift around. And I said to Jacko, we always need to do this because it keeps you humble. It reminds you where you've been from. I never want to get to a point where I just rock up and it's all singing or dancing because it's, that's not what it's about. Like you, you've got to remind yourself that we've, we've flipping put the hard yards in and it's been worth it. But it's, uh, that adds texture and context to why it means so much to us. That's awesome, man. And I, I want to I focus in on, I guess, from when when you guys were, were younger, the environments that you were exposed to, um, I guess for you, Jacko, when you were playing professional rugby, the, the bridge from playing when we played together into professional rugby, I imagine that is a very testing one. All the injuries and adversity you faced, how, how does that play into helping you stick this out? So even when things aren't going so well or, when your 15 second videos fail, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people quit, right? Oh, it doesn't yeah, well, yeah. I'll go back to well, my day job. How, you know, I, I'm convinced that your environments that you're exposed to are where your psychological habits of excellence evolve from. Yeah, and, I think, and you've been exposed to a very demanding one. So can you, you talk a, a, bit, a little bit about that and how it potentially helped? Um, yeah, sure. You, you've mentioned a few things actually that's got me thinking that, um, and, and Tim talking about how Instagram, how that was at first. And we've actually been through a number of, um, a number of changes, like everyone has done of, of our era of, um, you know, we remember when there was no internet. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, if you wanted to, to ring a girl up at school, you had to ring the house phone and just hope her dad didn't answer. Like that's, that's what we don't know what that's like now. Um, and like for, yeah, the, it, you made me think about changes there when you're saying about the rugby. So uh, when I, when I started, it was, it was non-professional. I went through a phase of it being semi-professional, then into professional, um, which yeah, had some huge challenges. Um, when, when you, when a sport goes from, not being a paid for sport and then um okay now you're full-time almost like they didn't we didn't have the structure and no we didn't know what full-time rugby um was and i think it found some clubs found that quite difficult to to change to um and ultimately i think that when you've we like you say like when you're having to go through changes and adversity i mean i remember with the rugby club we were sat on the field one year um we just finished a game we were we were 
the the game the the season sorry came down to we were going to get relegated unless we won our last game of the season and someone else lost by a certain number of points like it came down to points difference so we won our game um and then we were we were sat on the field waiting for the score of the other game to come through and i think we we stayed up by a points difference of 3 wow um it was, and that would have changed. That would have, we would have, that would have been, you know, it wouldn't have been professional rugby if you'd have got relegated. Like that was a huge, like, um, change to come through. And I think that, yeah, you say go when you go through lots of different challenges and nothing, nothing has ever really been, uh, been easy. That just builds resilience. Um, and when you, I think whether you, I don't think I've really necessarily thought about it that much before. It's you're making me think about it, but when you've, when you've gone through a number of different things like, you know, then like my head injury and that sort of stuff, you, you realize that when you come out the other side of those difficult times, whether you like it or not, you've built a load of resilience up or whether you're aware of it or not, you've built resilience up. And so when something doesn't work, like your first Instagram video, it's not, you don't get as deflated because you just go, okay, well, there's loads of other stuff we've tried before it didn't work. We just need to figure out how this is going to work. And something like when you're starting a brand new business or you're starting doing something new, you're not going to be good at it. Um, you have to figure out how to be good at it. And actually, if it was easy and you were good at it straight away, there'd be no sense of reward. Like we're very, we get a real sense of reward when, when something goes well, no, or when someone sends us an email saying how Calisense has changed their life because we've we've worked really hard to to build up what we've done and so it's in all that hard work and in that graft is where you then actually get that sense of of achievement and that reward and that good feeling inside that effectively is what we're all searching for anyway Um, can can you expand a little bit uh, on your your head injury and and what you know what you specifically went through I, i i read a lot about this um not you know just I've always kept track of your career. My dad always will, will mention things that you've done. Um, and, and when you had this head injury, I read a few of your blogs and I read things and, you know, some of it was, was, was pretty shocking to, to me. So I, I want to give yeah. the listeners a, an insight into the amount of adversity you've faced. And you're almost, I guess, and I'm not putting words in your mouth. You're almost yeah. not necessarily, not necessarily seeing it as a positive, but, it's something that happened that is now building this resilience for you. Well, I mean, it certainly, um, it provided a pivot in my life that was going to happen whether I liked it or not. So I was very lucky in that I, I was 31 when I retired. I just signed a new two year contract, um, but I was 31. I played 300 odd games of, of pro rugby. I'd had a long career. A, a good friend of mine, Finney Barnum retired after me with a similar uh, similar injury and he was you know he was only 22 or something and he wow. is you know much more had his uh, career robbed from so I I you know I had I had the good side of enjoying a, um, a rugby career and I don't think I would, would change anything really um, because ultimately I was going to probably have to retire in the next couple of years and do something else anyway the, the way rugby was set up and the level that I was playing at um, you weren't going to be able to retire or just get a gig on TV and not have to to, to do anything. So um, I've got an, a, a, an engineering degree and I'm a qualified teacher as well. But I didn't really. I wanted to go. I wanted to make sure that I just felt like I'd I'd learned so much stuff through through my through my sort of engineering, but then through my coaching and then through 
um, a rugby career and then, and then teaching that I wanted something that was going to utilize all those things. If I just went into a, a, a like one job like engineering or teaching, I, I felt like I wouldn't be able to apply some of those lessons that I'd learned through sports. So I was really keen to do, uh, to be able to use everything I'd learned rather than just like one or two things or one or two areas. Um, so I was always going to have to, to move into another career and the head injury just forced into that. Um, I've not really spoken about it for quite a while, to be honest. Um, I, I remember the, I remember when it was, um, it was ironically in a, on a training, in a training, um, on the training field, we weren't even playing contact. We were just playing touch. And, uh, someone on my team ran into me, a bigger guy than me. We were both trying to catch the same ball and my, my head or my jaw caught his shoulder. And it was just a result of um, a build-up of head injuries that I'd had over my career, probably like notable ones, say, let's say like 10 for an arbitrary number uh, where I'd been taken to hospital and, and, mm. and that sort of stuff, been kept in overnight and that sort of thing. Um, and there's, what we found out later was there's, a, there's a, this cumulative um, effect of head injuries and that effectively it was just taking less and less and less to knock me out. Um, and then this time, it wasn't just that I got knocked out. I had a seizure, so I fit on the on the pitch. The lads next to me um, put me into the recovery position. And I think I'm glad that I don't have any recollection of that day um, because I don't think that would be something I'd want to want to remember. But from then, I remember being in hospital and just uh, I'd lost two weeks of memory. I was looking through my phone trying to like, I just didn't know what was going on. It was like I'd been knocked out a number of times. So... I knew that I'd been not, I knew the feeling. So I've been knocked out. So I sat in the, sat with the physio going like, I've been knocked out, haven't I? And he's like, yes, you asked me that about a hundred times. And I said, like, all right, okay. Um, and so I knew it and I, I knew the process to get, to get myself back. It, it never stopped me before. I'd always recovered eventually. Um, you know, normally sort of a couple of weeks and, and you can be back to it. Whereas this one was just different. Like weeks went on. Um, I mean, the day, you have to, after you've had, so I had a, uh, I had a CT scan, which showed like bruising on my brain. Um, and then they, they didn't keep me in overnight. They sent me home, I think. And, but they said you had to have, be some, be with someone. Um, and I remember being, my wife was at work. So I, I stayed with my sister and, um, I ended up going to, uh, we went to the shop and I was hungry and I got to the point, I just, this was the day after I was in the shop looking at, um, I, I remember this well for some reason though. I was looking, um, I wanted some yogurt for some reason. I don't really eat yogurt very often. For whatever reason, I wanted some yogurt. And I was looking in co-op and other shops are available. I was looking in co-op <laughs> and I was like, I just got overwhelmed. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I got so overwhelmed by the choice of different yogurts that I burst out crying. Um, and I was just like a mess. Um, you wrote that as well, correct? That's, yeah. what I re- that's what I recall reading. And I remember like, Holy I was a bit timid. Yeah, I was a bit like afraid of sharing that. But I, the thing that brought me, there was that many other people going through the, I mean, I've spoken to the number of people I've spoken to um, that have got in contact where they're, they've been going through a head injury um, and they're experiencing some of those symptoms. Like it's very easy for me to say, I, uh, I couldn't run without getting a headache for a year because a headache is like, that's fine. But as a, to say that actually um, I suffered with depression and, cognitive disorders of like literally like not being able to deal with information like what yogurt to choose and, and breaking down emotionally like but that is an effect that is a side effect of a, of a traumatic brain injury and so it's important that people know that so that when they feel the same thing having gone through the same thing that it's it's actually just normal the most difficult thing 
was no one ever no one could tell you when it was going to end like what was all the doctors i'd spoken to and the specialists I'd spoken to was like you your brain will recover um you've just got to be sort of patient and so i mean i think for three months i tried to get back to playing rugby um and to be honest i was actually frightened that i would end up getting back onto the pitch um so when okay, i yeah. i think it was at christmas time um in 2013 I had an MRI because it just wasn't getting any better sort of four or five months later. Um, and the, the neurologist there said that I'd had, uh, they, there was a scarring on my brain from the bleed that I'd had and, and the, a seizure is a sign that there was a small bleed. So it wasn't really much of a surprise to her. And she said that um, in rugby, there are actually no rules uh, in place at the time. But in boxing, if a, if a boxer can't take a standing 10 count, so they get knocked out basically, they have to have an MRI scan if they're a professional boxer. And if they have anything on their scan, like I did, they're not allowed to box again. Um, their wow. license gets taken away from them. So she was like, ultimately you can choose what you want to do. Um, and she was really worried. She knew that telling me I had to, had to retire was a change of career and a, a big change in life. And just coming up to Christmas thinking, now I'm going to pay my mortgage. Um, and, uh, but I was actually, the, the thing was, I was, I was so relieved. Um, wow because I had a reason then as to why I'm still feeling like this. Okay. That's why, um, I still don't know when it's going to sort of go away, but at least I've got an answer. I can move on. Um, and ultimately uh, I was afraid. I was actually afraid that I would end up going back on the pitch uh, because I didn't feel like I didn't feel strong enough to be able to say, I like guys, I quit because I've never really quit at anything in my life before. I think I, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it's at times it's a good thing. Uh, to not quit and not give up but there's times where that's definitely taught me that you know I could have saved myself a bit of pain by just going you know what like this this is this is enough for me now I, I, like I've got to finish I've got to move on but you know I that happened ultimately in the end but um and and that's that's the amazing thing for me and that that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you and Tim on because I think it's easy right people look now and Gary V says this all the time like I see your guys' Instagram. I see your guys' YouTube numbers. I see you in Spain giving clinics and you're consistently putting out this content. And well, it's easy for them. They've got all this and they've got all this and they've got all this, but people don't know the backstory, you know, that, that, that super, that supersedes all that. So, you know, you, you, you've gone from, uh, from going through all of that, Meeting Tim, Tim obviously with the shoulder injuries and, and not being able to, to demonstrate in front of strength and conditioning coaches to now having this business. It's, and me knowing both of you personally, I just think it's a phenomenal story. Uh, and I've been noting things down uh, as you guys have been going on. Um, but be, before we end, I want to know um, what's next. What's next for you guys? You, you're on this amazing journey. Do, do you have plans? Or and we probably let Tim answer this if he's still here. <laughs> still here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The last right. times I've heard that story from Jacko, you won't believe. I could tell it for him next time. Someone should just ask me. Tell us, tell us about <laughs> Jacko's head injury, Tim. Tell us the yogurt story. Um, yeah, I, I just think on that point, Ian, as well, it's worth noting that we've, we've, we, the School of Calisthenics started from zero. All those platforms that people now look at and go, oh, you've had 183,000 followers on, on Instagram. That was zero when we started. And we haven't, um, we don't, we haven't taken any investment in the business. We've literally just grafted um, and we've created content consistently. And we've, we've just rocked up and we just tried to do our best. 
and we've got better at, at, at the level that we can, we can produce content at. We've improved our, as Jack, I think mentioned before, understanding of the systems and the platforms and what do we need to do to do a good YouTube video or, or that sort of stuff. And we're still working this stuff out. Like we are by no means feel like we are the finished article and we're really grateful and appreciative of, of what we are. We now have, um, the platforms that we have and the stuff that we've, we've managed to kind of create. And, and we, the biggest thing for us is always like Jack and I will always say that if we get to the end of this and wherever we go and we're not mates, cause that's how it started Two mates messing about in the gym. If we're not mates, then this whole thing has been a complete failure. Um, because it's, it's, it's more important that, that we maintain that relationship than, than this business breaking that apart. So we're very honest and open with each other and we just, we're both in it. And it's, it's interesting like we need the business because of, of how we're setting up our lifestyles and, and our, our, um, our, yeah, the way that we work around it. So we, we've got a lot invested in it. Um, but in terms of where we go from now moving forwards, the sky's the limit really. Like we, 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 we've got a couple of platforms like our online, we call it our virtual classroom was something we launched last January, which is where we've, we've taken all of what was our ebook content, massively upscaled it and put it into an online e-learning platform. A big thing for us was always about, educating people so they understand the training process that's how we've trained elite athletes in the past and it's how people are going to get the most out of their training rather than just going here's a load of sexy drills that you can do and people go i don't know why i'm doing these um we want people to understand why the progression in the handstand works like it does and what is the skill acquisition process like because if they understand that they'll get better results and they'll move further towards being successful and redefining their own impossible um so we've got a lot of work to do on that still. There's loads of stuff we want to do with that online platform. Uh, we're scaling our coaching team so that we can effectively get out and reach more people and um, make Calisthenics accessible to more people. And, and each of those guys that we've got a great team building around us bring their own areas of specialism, which, which just add to what we're trying to offer, whether it's yoga or CrossFit background or more around primal movements or they're just they're great and they fit in it's amazing that we're really fortunate to have some guys that are supporting us on this now um the one for us probably is a big project is a book um in the future to try and put some of this stuff down um in, in a slightly different format and um a coach's certification we run coaching seminars already if people want to learn how to to use our methodology and process to to teach calisthenics um, and it's very evidence and science-based science in terms of training science and understanding how the, the brain and body learn to move in new ways and then using the progressions to support that. Um, and then also some online materials. But the thing is, we're a small team and all of this, this stuff just takes resource and to continue to produce content at the level that we do and the amount of content that we produce and then create space to go and do new projects um is, is a stretch and, and sorry the other one i was going to mention is we're doing some some really interesting work around the role of calisthenics in sports performance so um last year we spoke um at, to scottish rugby union physios and strength and conditioning coaches we've done a session with the, the snc and physios um at uh, at the fa england football uh, we've done uk strength and conditioning association we've done the english institute of sport so we're making these inroads into into high performance sport about how calisthenics can effectively improve performance and robustness of the shoulder um, and we've turned that as, as gaining bomb proof shoulders because that's our story my shoulders right. are so much more stable as a result of doing this and, and we've got this um this credibility and experience in elite sport and we want to go and try and help those guys that are competing in in a range of different sports to get more out of their physical or their human movement system become more robust and the shoulders are vulnerable joint and it's it's funny that if we go back to the basics of training how people used to move back in the, the, the early centuries 
it was all like we would hang and we would climb and we would crawl and, and we didn't have barbells until 1928. And then all of a sudden we've got these massive issues with shoulders and, and what we get told over and over again is that people try calisthenics and they hang a bit more and they, they put their hand on the ground and they try some hand balancing. They're like, when I do calisthenics, my shoulders feel amazing. When I stop doing it, they get worse. And we're like, well, that's just telling you something. It's, you, you're playing to the, how the body is designed and how it wants to be trained, which is as an integrated system. We're not, it's not, the brain isn't interested in doing a pec deck exercise because it wants a big pec. What yeah. it's interested in doing is it, can it stabilize and integrate a shoulder into the whole kinetic chain because that's how the body is designed one big system not isolated muscles so we've got so much we want to do um i don't know anything else i've missed jacko i think that's everything that we've got on the cards at the moment i think in terms of where it may go i don't know that we necessarily you know as it started organically we sort of we sort of go with the flow a little bit don't we and, and um yeah and see what opportunities and, and where things take us um that's one of the things that's quite quite exciting about it that um you know there isn't there is no grand master plan to do x y and z and then sell it or anything like that um so yeah we'll see where see what 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 life has in store for us awesome well on on this podcast it's all about something actionable i i think you know i think a lot of people have very very good motivation when they enter the the self-help space but i think sometimes there's information overwhelm and in action so whenever we have an expert guest or in this case guests on the show um i I always want them to leave with something actionable Uh, and and i'm i'm running a 30-day fitness challenge uh, that starts on monday that people are now starting to filter in and join um, and it's growing so that that helps people take action because they join a community um Obviously, that's what you guys are making a living from. But, you know, I I listen to you guys and there's constant innovation. There's constant action. There's embracing of failure. There's staying humble. Uh, You're always adapting. You're always having fun. And ultimately, it it seems to me that you guys are are happy, right? That's what I'm picking up from this, this podcast. All of those little nuggets but what I would love each of you to do is give one book that's really impacted your life um, and give one piece of actionable advice, something that a listener can go away and do that if they do consistently can have a positive impact on, on, their, um, on their happiness. So either, either or can fire away first. Jackie, you always make me go first on these. So I think you can, no, uh, you me can to go offer first. your words of wisdom. Um, so w- one book, yeah, just one um, book for, for a listener to, to read. Um, so it's, it's one I've read last actually. It's been a, it's, it's a game changer in the way you breathe. Um, so it's called the oxygen advantage by Patrick McKeown. Um, and he is, uh, goes into the science and also gives you all the techniques as to why we should be nasal breathing rather than uh, breathing through hmm. our mouth. Um, so that will potentially like, your breathing is something that happens automatically and is going on all the time, whether you're awake, whether you're asleep, whatever. And if we're doing that dysfunctionally, it can have a knock on effect on absolutely everything that you're going to do and feel. So um, that's a game changer. I definitely recommend uh, getting that. Um, So that's my book. And then in terms of um, advice, I would encourage people to um, change the way we perceive and view failure um, and actually embrace Try to get yourself into a mindset where rather than 
failure being a reason to stop doing something or start or not even dare start doing something to accept the fact that everyone, you know, Michael Jordan said it. Um, I think one of his quotes is like, I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. And that he had that mindset of wasn't afraid of failing and understanding that failure is a part of the process to you actually then being successful. Because when you fail, you're going to learn something. Why did you fail? When we're really, when we're just successful without those failures, often we don't actually reflect as much and go, why was this successful? Whereas when you fail, you definitely have that opportunity to go, why did we fail? And then how can I use that to actually be, you know, succeed next time or just, it's just another step along the, the process. Cause I just think that fear of failure just holds so many um, of us back. And uh, yeah, that's my advice. Awesome. Tim. Um, I don't always like to play by the rules. So I'm going to give you two books. Um, Go on. So one of them is um, I've read recently, which has been really powerful book is Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. Um, real small bite-sized chunks. Um, and it's just, uh, yeah, it's an incredibly useful book in helping us to survive in the, in the world that we live in, which is often noisy and chaotic. Um, and you can read like you can literally get through a chapter before you go to bed at night or first thing in the morning. It's a really, really useful book. So I definitely would recommend that. And to be honest, any of Ryan Holiday's work is definitely worth reading. Um, and the other one is um, I have a bit of a uh, something inside which is just one. Of, I'm a bit of a non, I want to be a nonconformist as I probably am. So I like doing stuff which is um, which is not in line with the, the, the path of least resistance, I guess, for better or worse sometimes. But there's a book called Originals by Adam Grant, which is if anybody feels like that, that they kind of just trying to, they just feel like they just don't always want to go with the flow and they're not into copying what people are doing. Um, this, the strapline is how nonconformists change the world. And that's just, a, to me, was like a, a release and it just an insight into my mind, my own mind, which helped me to understand why I am like I am. Um, so then those are two books that I would, that I would pick up. Um, and then my advice, uh, and I've heard Gary Vaynerchuk, he referenced him a couple of times say this, but it's definitely been true. And it's kind of um, representative of our story is don't wait until you've got all your ducks in a row to start. Like if people look at our content and go, okay, so if I want to go and I've got, I've got to go and produce stuff like that, like that's, that's the competition. Like, just you're never going to get started because it's too overwhelming and, and what we've done is just layered stuff up so we started it was village they didn't we didn't think it was village at the time but looking back at it it was um and we've just layered it up and we've got better at it and that's how but we would if we would if we'd been paralyzed by fear or the um not not brave enough to start and it's the word that i really like using at the moment is audacity like be audacious just like i think audacity is such a good word because it's like you can have the audacity to do something, but then people can use it in a negative context and go, oh, he had the audacity to do it. And I'm like, I want to be audacious because I want you to look at me and just go, crikey, that was, you, you kind of had a big pair of balls to go and have a crack at that. Um, but you don't, you only get started if you start and you've just got to move forward from that point. So it might not be perfect. It might not be all singing, all dancing, but put stuff out there and don't be afraid of doing that. We thought people were going to criticize us. I was terrified when we first put stuff out about, people other coaches in the industry seeing me coach so like you can literally see what i'm like as a coach and people will analyze me and think i'm good at it or bad at it or whatever and that's quite a big thing to take on we put some stuff out and i didn't get slammed so we put some more stuff out and and then you just grow into it and you get better at talking to a video camera rather than talking to to an athlete but um yeah there would probably be my there's a nice little ramble there to finish off but um, that would probably be some takeaway advice for me that's awesome. What, uh, Jack, I have a book for you. I don't know if you've read it. What oh. Made Maddie Run? Have you heard No, of it? I haven't. No. By a lady called Kate Fagan. Um, right. 
that that would be an awesome read for you. Um, knowing what you went through uh, trying to walk away from rugby, um, yeah. you should read that book. I, I got recommended this book by my girlfriend actually, um, and I never read any books that she recommends to me. I don't know, <laughs> but I did read this one. Weird, and I thought I was an extremely empathetic, compassionate coach that always put the human first. And I read this book. And it, it, it changed my empathy and compassion for the, the person that stood in front of me a hundredfold. Um, but I think you'll be able to relate uh, with the story. Um, and then for you guys, <clears throat> I, I just, I want you guys to know, I think what you do is phenomenal. And, and you guys kind of know this, but when I signed up to, to learn the human flag uh, and to learn the muscle ups on your online course, um, I was actually separating with my wife. Um, because my wife told me that she, she didn't want to have kids. Um, so I had a, an awkward choice to make. So what I wanted to do was I didn't necessarily want to learn the human flag or do a muscle up. I wanted to put my energy elsewhere because things were, things were on my mind. I was ruminating on things. So I dived into your, I think I dived into the human flag one more so. Um, and honestly, the impact that your course had, not only on my physical conditioning, but on my mindset while I was going through adversity was, was unreal. So, you know, of those 83,000 YouTube watchers, of those 168,000, whatever it is, Instagram followers, I don't think you ever quite know uh, the, the depth of how you're helping someone or how you're, you're bringing them on that journey. So anyone that listens to this podcast, um, if you do have things on your mind, if you need that kickstart, uh, the school of calisthenics, their, their community that they are creating is phenomenal. Uh, and these guys, it's them that you'll be mainly communicating with that they, they, they are as genuine as it gets They they are original. So I would, I would, just encourage you guys to keep doing your thing and anyone that's listening to this uh, to sign up, to subscribe. So as all podcasts do, just finish off. Give us a shout out with, with your details, where people can find your Instagram handles, etc., And I'll share all of those for you boys as well. Go on, Jacko. Yeah, uh, th- yeah well, thanks Ian, first of all, for having us on. And um, yeah, no, your kind words, it's, uh, it's always... It's, it's always um yeah it sort of takes us back when we get those you know every now and again we get messages from people with with a similar sort of story to yourself and um yeah it's, it's just a pleasure for us to be able to to help in any way we can um we are basically school of calisthenics everywhere so on youtube we're school of calisthenics on instagram it's school of calisthenics on facebook it's school of calisthenics um and the website is school um you can get we've got a free beginners program inside the virtual classroom uh, during lockdown for the coronavirus we've made bodyweight basics uh, a free program as well um, and we're also running a 50 percent off uh, offer off our uh, memberships at the moment so you can uh, you can get started for little as 4.99 on a membership to get access to all the programs but as i say if you're just wanting to get started with the beginner stuff or or the bodyweight basics that's free and uh, yeah we'd love to see you uh, see you online with us in the virtual classroom Awesome. And, you know, Jacko, you must be doing something right because I'm pretty sure that I did a handstand on a beer keg in the Palais on a Thursday night. (laughs) (laughs) 
and Tim was watching me, but he never started a business with me. So I don't know what, I don't know what you're doing that I'm <laughs> No comment about the pally on Thursday night, mate. Let's yeah. not go back to that right now. That's another that's, podcast that's one entirely. For the, that's one for the Nottingham listeners. We can, we can go into that. We can go into um, guys, it's, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Jacko, my dad, my dad says hello. And like I said, yeah. he still thinks that together we scored the greatest try uh, in the history <laughs> of rugby. So yeah, of uh, I know he'll be excited to listen to this. And uh, please say hello to, uh, to your dad as well from me. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, send my love to, to your dad, mate. Will do. Thanks, guys. Really, Cheers, appreciate, Ian. Uh, really appreciate your time. Thanks, cool. mate. You've just taken a step forward to making a positive change in your life. That's right. You're one step closer to leaving frustration, stress, and anxiety behind. This was the Beyond the Mind podcast. Let's apply some positive change into your world. Into your world.